This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everybody, my name is Brent and you're listening to the LJS Podcast, episode number 8, where today we're going to be talking about two exercises for hearing chord changes in your solos. Very excited to be talking about this topic today, but before we get started, just want to let you know that all of the music on today's podcast is by chromatic harmonica player Ivanik Pranay, uh, and this is off his new album, Breathe. So if you like this music, you want to check it out, maybe you want to buy the album, go and head on over to cdbaby.com, type in his name, and his album is Breathe. So check that out. If you're on the website, we'll have the link to that. And if you're not on the website, let me spell his name for you really quick. It's Y-V-O-N-N-I-C-K, that's his first name. And if you type in Breathe, I'm sure you'll find it. And one other thing before we get started here. If you find value in today's podcast, consider adding value back. This podcast is 100% funded and supported by our listeners. And so if you like what you hear today, if it's helped you out in any way, there's a support button right underneath the player if you're listening on the website. And if you're not on the website, you can go to www.learnjazzstandards.com support and you can leave us a donation there. Okay, so today I want to talk about two exercises for hearing chord changes in your solos. And this is kind of a concept that I get approached by more beginner and intermediate players of how to get those chord changes to come out in the solo. So when I was uh, younger, I think I was in high school or something, I went to a master class with the guitarist Bruce Foreman, Los Angeles guitar player, if you haven't heard of him. And in this master class, he kind of opened up the class by just improvising by himself. It was just him and his guitar, and he was playing a song, and I can't remember what standard it was, but I remember that the the entire performance was very captivating. Even though it was just one instrumentalist there, it was incredibly captivating. And, and even though he was a guitar player, he wasn't playing chords, he wasn't playing anything. He was just playing single note lines. And the entire time, I, I, I remember knowing what the song was, and I remember hearing all the ideas coming out so clearly, and it was such an interesting solo. And after he was done playing the song, he asked us, what tune was that? And, and again, I can't remember what it was, but we all told him what that song was. And he said, that's right, you all knew what the song was, even though I didn't even play the melody, and I didn't play any chords at all. And what was so interesting about that is he was trying to show us that he knew the harmony and he was able to outline the harmony so well in his solo alone that we all knew the song, we were all engaged, we were all captivated. And I feel for a lot of players that 
maybe aren't quite so as advanced. This is kind of like, you know, the the big thing that we're all trying to reach is, you know, just really being able to hear the harmony and the melody and everything inside our solos and not just playing licks or scales or, um, you know, you know, th- things that don't sound like, you know, or a minor pentatonic scale, something that, that is so elusive that you can't even really tell what the song is. We want to be able to get that to come out. And so I thought I'd give you today just a few different exercises that can really help us start delving and diving into this kind of a thing. Um, and I would say these exercises are, are not only just good for beginners or intermediates. I think they're great things for advanced players to do and just to kind of boil things down and practice some of these concepts and ideas. So um, let's go ahead and dive into these. Okay, so the first exercise is one that's kind of simple in concept, but does a really great job of identifying the different tones in each chord and mapping them out on your instrument and how they lead to the next chord in the harmonic progression. So this is a great exercise to do. And I think that when we're talking about improvising, we should always be thinking from the basis of chord tones. Okay, not necessarily scales, what scale should I play over this chord or this these series of chords or what different theoretical concepts can I apply to it, but rather just starting with the basis of playing off of the chord tones. And in, in just in case that you're not quite sure what I mean by chord tones, I'm talking about what notes make up a given chord, okay? And people can call them arpeggios, whatever you like to call them. I like to call them chord tones. And so a chord tone, you know, the 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 basic the formula that makes up a chord, in this case a major a seventh chord, as often in jazz they are, um, is one, three, five, and seven. So for example, in the key of C major, so if we're doing a C major seventh chord, the chord tones of that would be C, the first tone, E, the third tone, G is the fifth tone, and the seventh tone is B. Okay, so that's what would make up that chord. I think a lot of folks will know that already, but just a little reminder for those that maybe aren't quite familiar with what I'm talking about. So essentially what we're going to be doing in this exercise is fairly simple. We're basically going to be playing the chord tones of each chord or the arpeggios, if you will. And we're going to start by ascending on one chord and then coming down the next chord descending. And how we're going to attach the two is you're going to ascend up to the top of one arpeggio, and then you're going to basically find the nearest chord tone of the next chord and then go down the arpeggio that direction. And you're going to keep following that pattern. And you can see exactly what I'm talking about. If you're on the website right now, you'll see the first exercise here, which is called ascending and descending chord tones exercise. And this is all based off of the chord changes to autumn leaves. It's the first eight Uh, bars of autumn leaves so you'll look at it it goes up c minor seven then it goes down f seven okay so it goes up to the b on c minor seven the b flat sorry so the seventh and then it goes ahead and it connects to the a on the f seven and then it goes down and then it goes to the b flat major seven and it starts 
ascending again. So you can kind of see how that looks like. All right, so I'm going to play that for you right now as you can hear what it sounds like and go ahead and follow along with the handout. All right, so you'll hear and you'll see that I ended on the E natural, uh, which is the sixth of the G minor chord. So I ended on a G minor sixth chord just to resolve the exercise. And and you'll notice throughout that exercise that you could really hear all of the chord changes um, that I was playing. You could hear that I was playing the chord changes to Autumn Leaves. Um, and so this is just a great exercise to add to your practice routine, no matter where you're at and you're playing, just to be able to map out all those notes on on your instrument, you know, whether you're learning a new song for the first time or you're just wanting to, you know, practice improvising and just map that out on your instrument and not only, you know, feel where all those notes are at, but also to hear them and start getting those in your ear. And so the the next logical step um, after working on this exercise would just simply be to start embellishing it a little bit, you know, work off the chord tones and really um, try to create lines and ideas that way rather than maybe thinking about a scale, you know, what scale do I play, play over this chord and what scale do I play over this chord, start focusing on, on more of the chord tones. Um, and, and for example, if you're playing um, an altered chord, like a dominant altered chord, if that five chord is, is altered, then try to find that sharp, those sharp fives in there and the flat nines and the sharp nines and find where those notes are and play off of those instead. So this can be just a really great way for kind of basically building a skeleton of a solo just so you can understand the framework and how it works. So that exercise is the ascending and descending chord tones exercise. Be sure to add that to your practice routines. Okay, so one important concept to keep in mind while you're soloing in the jazz context is voice leading. And what I mean by voice leading is I mean how each tone in each individual chord lines up and moves to the next chord. Okay, so uh, it's important to try to find what are the notes that differ from one chord to the next. And kind of two of the chord tones that you really want to focus on when you're trying to you know create voice leading is the third and the seventh, okay? Those are kind of really important chord tones. They're kind of like what I like to call the guts of the chord. And so you're gonna wanna really focus on those chord tones and see how they move from one chord to the next. So I'm gonna go ahead and play for you this next exercise. Um, I just simply call it the thirds and sevenths exercise. So you can follow along um, on the website with the handout there and go ahead and listen to this. So 
So in this exercise, we're just dealing with half notes. So in this particular song, we're basically just doing two beats each on each chord tone. So two beats of the third and then two beats of the seventh. So if we look at that first chord there on the handout, so F minor seven, the A flat is the third of the F minor seven and the E flat is the seventh of the F minor seventh. So you, you're, you'll notice that it just keeps going in that same pattern, the third of the chord and then the seventh of the chord and the next chord. So the third and then the seventh and the next chord, the third and the seventh, and it keeps going in that order throughout the entire form. You'll also probably have heard that you could you could hear the chord changes to all the things you are. If you're familiar with that song, you could definitely hear the harmony of all the things you are. And that's because there's such great voice leading between the thirds and the sevenths of each chord. And I'll explain to you why. So if you look at just those first two bars, the F minor 7 and the B flat 7, look at the 7th of the F minor 7, that E flat. See how it just resolves down to the D flat? And, and that's the third of, of, of B flat minor 7. So the 7 resolves really nicely to the third. The other thing you'll notice is in this conventional harmony, you know, in, in jazz, uh, where, where the chords are basically... A fourth away from each other, right? So F is, is a fourth, or B flat is a fourth away from F, E flat is a fourth away from B flat, A flat is a fourth away from E flat. So this is very conventional harmony. This is where you get your two, five, one from, right? That's the second, third, and fourth bar of the exercise B flat minor seven, E flat seven, A flat major seven. And you see this all through jazz like crazy all the time these two five ones and one six two five ones so it's very common and you'll notice something interesting you'll like i just pointed out the seventh resolves nicely to the third in a downward motion but you also notice that the third of the f minor seven and the seventh of the b flat minor seven are the exact same note okay they're both a flat and let's go to the second and the third bar. The G is the which is the which is the third of the E flat seven is the exact same as the seventh of the A flat major seven. It's both G. Okay, so they have that note related. So in other words, you have to identify which note is changing in that progression. In this particular case, it's the third that's always changing in each chord. So resolving from the seventh to the third creates incredible voice leading. And that other note is what I would call a pivot note. It's, it's, it's sitting there and it's allowing you to move the other note so that you create this amazing voice leading. So this is an, a great exercise. Um, again, I, I would suggest advanced players to do this um, just to go back to the basics and really just be able to outline where all of those notes are and, and to be able to figure out the voice leading and how each um, voice goes to each other. And I especially suggest this for compers as well, piano players, guitar players, and other comping instruments is to literally just comp with just those two notes. Try just accompanying people rather than playing big fat chords all the time. It can be really helpful just to simple things up and, and, and make everything simple for the soloist to really just play over top of that. Um, so that's a tool to have in your toolbox. So this is a great exercise, thirds and the sevenths. And from here, again, another logical uh, you know progression from here is to just start embellishing that. So practice playing a song. Um, the thirds and the sevenths. In this case, try playing all the things you are, like in the exercise. 
and then just start kind of soloing off those two notes. It may not be exactly how you'll actually play a solo at a gig or a jam session, but you know the practice room is like the laboratory. You can slow things down. You can break things apart. You don't have to play things um, just the way you would play in performance. In fact, a lot of times you don't want to. You want to just focus on a little individual um, you know, things that, that you can work on. And so this is a great one, identifying those thirds and sevenths, figuring out the note that changes and the voice leading that goes through that form. And once you start doing that and you start working on that a lot, you'll just start hearing that harmony and you'll kind of know how that fits on your instrument and where those chords lead to. So I definitely suggest working on this thirds and sevenths exercise, add this to your practice routine, it can really help you start hearing the chord changes in your solos and get that voice leading out. that's all for our episode today we want to thank you for joining us and we want to thank you for listening and if you have anything else to add or maybe you have a comment to make maybe you have an exercise that you like to do to help you play chord changes better or help you to improvise better feel free to leave a comment for us in our comment section below we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to learn from you as well and remember if you got any value out of today's podcast if this has helped you out at all Feel free to leave us a donation. You can click on our support button below uh, the player, or if you're not on the website, you can go to www.learnjazzstandards.com support. We appreciate your help. We're going to be coming out with episode number nine of the LGS podcast next week, so we'll see you next time. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.